SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. such a racist. What if, what if I told you that there are only two racists? <laughs> you know, we avoid talking about the sinful issue of racism. You know why? Because we are deathly afraid of conflict, right? Hi there. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Linda Gunner. And I am the volunteer CEO of a fantastic, outstanding ministry called Love Him, Love Them. And we got our name from the question that the lawyer asked Jesus in Matthew 22, where he says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus answered back, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And after that, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. I think a lot of us could get away with the first one, but we don't want to do the second one, right? But Love Him, Love Them serves widows and orphans in the country of Haiti and stateside in Northeast Georgia. And we have a brand new book out called Miracles with Mommy Linda, as I'm referred to in Haiti. I am a mother of 12. I still have five at home, and I would love to come to your church or your women's group to share our story on how God is working miracles even today. So be sure to go to our website at lovekimlovedem.org, and you can learn more about us and see how you can volunteer to help us feed thousands of homeless and homebound people at Thanksgiving, serve children who have parents incarcerated at Christmas, and bring smiles to special needs adults and so many, many more ways to serve God by loving Him and loving them. You know, encountering conflict intimidates many Christians. That is like such an understatement, right? Since our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationships, there we are, love him, love them. Our horizontal relationships with one another are fractured and damaged because of the fall. We tend to avoid and we neglect deep relationships instead of entering into spaces of vulnerability for the sake of relational and personal growth. We're afraid we might be wrong or offensive. Now, some people don't care if they're offensive, right? Some people, I think Satan just like works through continuously to offend. But instead of regularly addressing racism as sin, we just avoid it. We avoid the discussion to maintain a sense of normalcy. But here's the deal. When thousands of black and brown people are turning away from the faith, and the whole reason I'm doing this, and I want to talk about this today, is my daughter, one of my daughters, my 20, I don't know how old she is, 26, 27-year-old, She said at the dinner table the other night, she was like, Mommy Linda, which my children are brown, black, beige. Uh, We have all different colors at the table. Um, She says, do you know that a lot of brown and black people are turning away from Christianity because they say Christianity is the white Christian's religion, white people's religion. And so they're turning away. And I was like, well, they're turning away to what? To like voodoo or witchcraft? She goes, no, 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 no. They're worshiping their ancestors. And I was like, do what? So that's what sparked this uh, that I wanted to talk to you about today. Brown, black and brown people are turning away from the faith in part due to the perpetuation of a white Jesus. <laughs> 
we should not, uh, that, that's a whole subject for another day, which is kind of funny because uh, when I was researching this, it ta- do you guys remember Good Times? Good Times with the guy, um, what was his name that said, Dynamite, JJ, I think, in 1974, which I, I talked about this at the table the other night too, and Merlanda looked at me like that was before Jesus was born. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 1974. They did an episode called Black Jesus. And it is uh, very interesting how all of that played out. Um, We'll talk about that another time. So when we do not have an actual picture of Jesus, it is open. There's not one. You know that? I mean, we don't have a picture. We We do know that Jesus was a Jew and that there are Jews that are white, brown. Even my mom got into this the other day. She goes, wasn't Jesus Jewish? What color are Jews? <laughs> so we've gone through this whole thing at our table. Um, they're white, brown, or black. So why why does it even matter? I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I would love Jesus and follow him if he was white, brown, black, or even blue. But a similar question was asked by Jesus one time. I want you to listen to the conversation between Jesus and his disciples. This is in Matthew 16. And Jesus come to, uh, came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Hey, who do men say that I am? And so they said, oh, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, no, 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 no. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, oh, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Who is Jesus to you? And I believe that the correct answer is what Simon Peter's reply was. Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of God. I mean, that's enough for me. But you can debate and fuss over his color all you want. It's really, it's a mute point for me. If you can follow him, even if he happens to be a different color to you, to be honest, it's a good sign that you believe in him for the right reason. If he happens to be a different color than you, and that is a faith deal breaker, my heart breaks for you. You know, the Bible does not say anything about the the color of Jesus' skin. Jesus was a Jew, an Israelite, a Hebrew. He was of Semitic descent. His skin color was like somewhere in between light olive and medium dark brown. And Jesus very likely looked like a typical Middle Eastern with dark hair, dark eyes. People from Israel, Jordan, Syria, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq are likely the best current examples of what Jesus would have looked like. In John 1, 1, it says, God became flesh so he could bear our sins in his body, thereby saving for himself a multitude of people of ev- from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Jesus was not white. Jesus was not black. Jesus was very likely in the middle in terms of skin color. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because Jesus is the Savior for all humanity. Jesus died for blacks and whites and everything in between. And God's sacrificial love is for the entire world. Divisive arguments over the color of his skin are antithetical to what he accomplished. Here's the bottom line. Racism is from Satan and his demonic forces. And the only hope for its defeat is the church of Jesus Christ united across societal division. Enough is enough, to be honest with you. The power of God is greater than the forces of evil. 
even the evil of racism, because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. What is racism? Um, You know, when people of one race or ethnicity rise up in hatred against another, we call it racism. But, you know, racism isn't really a Bible word. I mean, the the scriptures don't use it because from God's perspective, (laughs) racism isn't a thing. You know, it's, it's a spirit. It's a spirit of division. The Greek word is dissension, division. It's a work of the devil himself. And the demonic sends out to do this. This is a divisionary work. By contrast, what is God's work? Peace, unity, harmony, and joy. And if you'll follow love, the spirit of racism, which is the spirit of division, which, you know, if you, ugh, which is the opposite of unity, which is where that's what happened on the day of Pentecost when the tongues of fire came on and everybody, that's because they were finally united. So Satan, if as long as he can keep our families divided, our churches divided, our, uh, divided by race, whatever he can do to keep us divided, that's his, th- his deal. The spirit of division will, if you, if you follow the spirit of love, the division can't enter. It'll never be able to deceive you and spoil your house. When you understand the truth about races and you learn to kill the root of racism and use wisdom and love and perspective and forgiveness, you'll be equipped to stand against that divisive spirit. So we're going to talk about a bunch of ways that the spirit of racism, so to keep it from having any opportunity to interfere with your life. But I want you to make sure you get it. There really are only two races. There's the kingdom of God, and then it's the kingdom of Satan. And you need to decide which race are you in. Corinthians 12, 13, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into the body. God never intended for Americans to divide up every chance they get and fight each other. It was not his dream. His dream was always for this land to be a place where all cultures and all people of all backgrounds could worship him freely together. You know, I I speak in a different church every Sunday. And I mean, just last week I was in Dallas. I was the only white person in the church. Um, The divisiveness on Sunday mornings is insane to me that it's either a black church or a white church. That was not what God intended. He wanted us to be, he never, ever wanted a place where people were divided into all kinds of different so-called races. You know, as far as God is concerned, again, there's only two races on the earth anyway, those who have chosen to be a part of his family and those who have not chosen to be a part of his family. And from his perspective, the division between those two groups is the only division there is. He has never divided up mankind on the basis of money, clothing, culture, geography, or skin color. But people began listening to the devil, and that's who came up with all of these divisions. He got there, and he started creating havoc. Because God's dream is for people of all colors. Remember when we used to sing that? Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. God's dream is for people of all colors, brown, red, white, brown, yellow, to live and to glorify him together. If you doubt that, just look at heaven. 
In Revelation 7, 9, and 10, it says God's plan has always been blessing. People coming together through faith in him and prospering together as one race. All humans are descended from Adam and Eve, and so all are related and need the salvation offered by the last Adam, Jesus. From a biblical perspective, there's one biological race, right? We all came from Adam and Eve. That is even confirmed by scientific studies. Biblically and scientifically, there is no defense of racism. Prejudice and integration are secular words. In Matthew 11, Mark 11, 20, it says the fig tree withered from the roots. The world has been using those terms for years, prejudice, integration. Governments have bent over backwards trying to deal with the problem they call prejudice by passing laws or forcing people to come together. Such laws are fine as far as they go, but they never really solve the problem. You can't solve a spiritual issue with a law or, I mean, the same way you can't, you can't fix a spiritual issue with medicine. But they've never, governments have never been able to solve the problem. Even despite their best efforts of governments and legislators and racial strife, it continues. Oh my gosh, we just went through Black Lives Matter. What, how, how divisive did that tear our country apart? You know, we thought we fixed this, governments continue to say. So we fixed it with the law. So why are people still fighting? They're still fighting because prejudice is not the root of the problem. Prejudice is the result of the problem. Prejudice is like the leaves on the tree, the fig tree, the fig tree. The root of the tree is the spirit of division. (laughs) And integration by itself will not get rid of it. People can hate one another sitting side by side just the same as they can hate each other when they're on opposite sides of town. <laughs> I've, I've been in churches before where literally one people that have uh, that are so divisive that people that sit on this side of the church won't speak to people that are sitting on this side of the church, and they make sure that they park in different places in the parking lot so they don't run into each other. It doesn't matter if you're in the front of the bus or in the back of the bus. Hate is hate. You can allow a man to sit in the front of the bus and the people behind him can still look at the back of his head and hate every bone in his body. Wow. So until you deal with the spirit of division, the problem is still there. And the only, what is the opposite of hate? Love. Again, we're back to our ministry. Love him, love them. You can kill racism at the root by renewing your mind with the love of God. Regularly speaking 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7 over yourself, and then to determine to always respond to others in love through your words, through your actions, and your prayer. Because if you're walking in love, the spirit of division doesn't stand a chance. You know, another way is to to tap into the wisdom of God. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. With, with, when ethnic groups are rising up against each other and ugly things are being said and done by people all around us, it's very tempting to get ourselves to be drawn into this conflict. 
You know, it's especially true when the ugly things are being said and done purposely toward us. I have this problem a lot with our kids that we have here from Haiti. You know, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. They are in, we are currently in civil unrest. We haven't had a president in two years. Gang members are burning down the buildings, even with uh, our children in them. And so when my kids are in school and one of the teachers happens to mention the word Haiti or one of the professors in the class mentions Haiti, my kids will tell me that everybody in the classroom turns around and looks at them and that they feel so bad because they feel like everybody in the, in the class is judging them because they're Haitians. Um, you know, and that can be used to tempt to react in the flesh and for them to then become a part of the problem instead of a part of the solution. So how do we make sure that we don't fall prey to that temptation? Well, how can we continue being the blessing that Jesus called us to be? I've even had some of my kids say, I'm just not going to ever tell anybody I'm Haitian again. How can we continue being the blessing Jesus called us to be when the very people we're trying to bless are yielding to the spirit of division and making us the targets of their racism, their bigotry, or their hate? Again, Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. The word principle means first, highest in rank, most important or value. It indicates that when we have God's wisdom about a situation, we have the only thing that matters. We have God's wisdom. We have something so powerful that no one and nothing in this world can keep us down. And this is the reason we, as believers, we don't have to fight. I tell my kids, you don't have to get mad when the spirit of division uses you to try to oppress you in some way. We can keep walking in kindness and love because we have an advantage. All we have to do is believe and do what God says. And his wisdom are going to protect us and ultimately promote us. I know you think all I ever say is love him, love them. But I'm telling you, it's the answer to everything. The next way to prevent division from coming in is that you love your neighbor. Because love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. Racism was rampant when the Jews and the Samaritans with them in Jesus's day. I mean, the Jews viewed the Samaritans as half-breeds who were both racially and religiously inferior. And the Samaritans in turn hated the Jews. I know that had to break God's heart. You know, the two groups detested each other so much that they lived in separate parts of the country and they even practiced segregated lifestyles. And Jesus confronted this ungodly perspective by telling about, do you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? I love that story. At, at, even the preacher leaves the guy, that's a whole other story for another day. But at the time, it was unthinkable for a Jew to consider a, a Samaritan to be his neighbor. And that, of course, again, was the root of the problem. They were bigoted against Samaritans. They, they needed to believe in Jesus. And to be born again, they needed to love their neighbors. Gosh, for those of us who profess to be Christians, can you even imagine how different this world would be if just today, if for one day you went out and you were kind and you loved your neighbor just for one day? You know, one of the many great advantages of being a born again believer is that because love itself lives in us. We can love anyone, anywhere, anytime. 
I just got back from Dallas and I, I, I had more people comment on how kind I was and how joyful I was and how happy I was. And you know, all it was, it wasn't me. They kept saying, you have such an amazing spirit. And I was like, it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not my spirit. But because of that powerful spirit inside of us, it does give us the ability to love that person that's passing us instead of shooting them a bird on the highway. It does give us the ability to love someone who, who uh, I mean, I've been in the airport so much lately, and people just walk right in front of you, get all up in your space. Um, but it is the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It just, what difference does it make? It doesn't matter. And it also gives you an opportunity to be kind. And, when, and kindness is so uh, not uh, always happening these days that when people see you being kind to someone that is rude to you, it is a testimony. It's a testimony. But it's a great advantage of being a born-again believer that we can have love. We can love everyone, even the beggar on the street corner. Mm, got some stories I could tell you about that. The beggar on the street corner or the bragger in the corner office. <laughs> the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we've inherited our Heavenly Father's nature. That's, that's, that, have you ever met the, the pastor that I met last week in Dallas? Oh my gosh. In the first two seconds, I felt like I had known him my entire life. We sat there, laughed, joked. I mean, it, because the Holy Spirit was in me, the Holy Spirit was in him. And it was just a connection that was, I mean, unbelievable. But that 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 then becomes our nature. That's our the Holy Spirit is our nature. Where we love children of God, love not only God but they love others. We not only love Him but we love them. We have it inside of us, and it takes it 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 just exudes from us. I want to give you, a, I'm running out of time like I always do, but I want, I want to make sure that you keep the spirit of division out of, your, out of your life and out of your home. And another way to do that is to see things from other people's perspective. Philippians 2, 3 says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You know, if we're going to bridge the gaps that have been created by the spirit of division, we need to care enough to put ourselves in other people's shoes and find out how they think so that we can be a blessing, the blessing that we want to be. If we don't understand how people of other skin colors or ethnicities see things, we can wind up saying and doing things that are offensive to them simply because we don't even know any better. We can hurt them accidentally just because we don't understand their point of view. And those mistakes are not unique just to white people. Of course, everybody, regardless of skin color, can be offensive at times. And, you know, offense is the bait of Satan. He wants us offended so that, again, he can keep us divided. Because if you're offended by somebody, you don't want to hang out with them, right? If somebody says something insensitive to us, we ought to believe the best and assume that that person isn't intentionally trying to hurt us. Um, there's a marriage book that my husband and I used to use during marriage counseling. It says, learn how to fight fair. Learn how to take a time out. Learn how to say, you know, if we're believers, we're both on the same team. Learn how to give the other person the advantage, the benefit of the doubt. You know, the those assumptions are particularly safe in church because no born-again child of God can truly be a racist. I'm going to say that again. No born-again child of God can be a racist. No Christian, regardless of how he or she has been raised, 
to think or talk about people of other races can truly be a bigot of heart. What about people who actually say offensive things on purpose? No matter how offensive people might be, you must never for any reason allow yourself to become offended by them. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. By taking offense, you become a partner with them and you open up yourself to the work of the devil. Don't take the bait. If you need more information on that, you should read John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan. I'm going to tell you, he spells it out so simply. And, you know, the last thing I want to remind you is to keep away from that division is you've got to forgive. you got to forgive. Uh, this Matthew, Mark eleven twenty five. <laughs> last week, this lady came forward and she said, uh, I, she asked me to pray for something. And I said, okay, I said, but before we pray, I just want to know, is there anybody you need to forgive? No, I don't have anybody I need to forgive. Now, there's a long list of people that need to forgive me. <laughs> Do what? She goes, yeah, I got a lot of people that won't forgive me. Well, listen to what Mark eleven twenty five 25 says. When you're praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And if anyone has anything against you, Go to them, leave your leave the altar, leave your gift, and go and make it right. You know, when it comes to winning the war against the spirit of division, forgiveness, I mean, when it comes to winning the war against anything, to be honest with you, in God's economy, forgiveness is the key. It's it's the key. And people, people, people don't want to forgive. We don't want to forgive. But forgiveness is one of the mightiest weapons in our spiritual arsenal. And as believers, we need to be using that arsenal of forgiveness all the time. Because when we choose to forgive others, it works for us. And it will connect us to that same supernatural power that heals, delivers, and works miracles. You know, before I left for Dallas last week, I had a little befuddle with one of my kids. And I did not make it right before they left and I was like, oh, man, here I am going to Dallas. I'm going to be trying to pray for people, get God to perform miracles. I was like, I can't even go. I mean, I might as well just stay here if we're if I'm not going to fix this situation before I leave. So literally, I texted and called and I said, look, let's 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 for, I want to forgive you. I need you to forgive me. We've got to keep short accounts when we choose to forgive others. That is what opens up the realm of the supernatural. If we refuse or neglect to forgive it's going to work against you because our unforgiveness will choke the operation of God's anointing and his power will be restrained in our lives. But most Christians don't seem to understand that. And they have the idea that forgiveness is optional. But if somebody has hurt you so badly that you can't even stand the thought of them, you have got to obey Jesus. He didn't ask you to feel better about the person who wronged you. He commanded you to forgive them. Forgiveness is not about feelings. It's an act of obedience. And if choosing to put God's word above your emotions by making the decision to say, I forgive. When you put these ways to destroy the spirit of racism into practice and you take steps toward Binding the spirit of division, you will be doing your part to break the spirit of racism in this country and around the world. Stand for unity in your home 
in your church, and in your nation. And then get ready for a new day. Because you know what? Divided, we fall. But once we stand united, all heaven will break loose. And if you're ready for a miracle in your life right now, just say it out loud. Spirit of division, I am serving you notice that in the name of Jesus, my house, in my church, in my neighborhood, and my city, we're closed to you. (laughs) We're not going to be deceived by you anymore. And from now on, I'm not moved by the differences between me and other people. I'm moved by the Spirit of God. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida, the first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. I need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwinconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.